Welcome to Canada's podcast. Wayne, great to meet you and welcome to Canada's podcast. Um, as I usually do, you know, why don't we kick off by you letting everyone know who you are and what you do at this moment in time. Point in life, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for having us, for, uh, first of all. So um, mid-50s, so that sort of tells you where I grew up, how I grew up and everything yeah. else. Um, and a lot of my story sort of evolves from the, the diversions in the road of life sort of thing, if you take this uh, decision, where are you going from there sort of thing. Um, so personally, I uh, finished uh, one-year university in hotel and food. That was sort of my interest that I thought was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, went out into Banff and thought I'd uh, take a year off and see what the hotel, food, restaurant industry offered. And um, never, never made it back. I, uh, I became a ski bum. Yeah. Uh, that uh, yeah. that adventure. It's a great, it's a great adventure. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that uh, took me actually a lot of different places, uh, Colorado, uh, Utah, ended up in Lake Tahoe, which is a beautiful place. Nobody's ever been there. It's just phenomenal summer and winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent, uh, I was only originally planning one winter in Tahoe. And that's when I met my wife where I was working, future wife. And uh, ended up living there for five years before we uh, moved back to uh, Canada to uh, get our family closer to my immediate family, which is the Ottawa, Guelph area sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brought us back to Canada in 91. And um, since then, sort of bounced around different uh, jobs. My, my background at that time was uh, carpentry. So I, was, uh, I got my millwright papers when I was in California. Um, so architectural milling, cabinet making, whatever it mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so came back and started that in the Ottawa area, uh, worked for a couple of different companies, started my own little, uh, hobby cabinet making mm-hmm. business. Um, and that sort of, that, that was the direction I, I figured I was going. Um, I like the entrepreneurial side of it, but, uh, trying to, you know, any sort of trades person that's trying to do the work and run a business, it, it's very difficult. Um, you know, you got to do all facets of the business and, uh, mm-hmm. and do the day-to-day operations too. So it was, it was tough to grow. And, um, currently our, our business is Paros management services. Um, that was one of those road divisions where uh, a buddy of mine, I was talking to one time and, uh, he was in the real estate, uh, uh market in Eastern Ontario. I uh, had a number of uh, national clients that he worked with and, one of them, when Ontario deregulated in the early 2000s in the electricity market, um, they were asking anybody they, they knew, do you know anything about what this means to us as a company? So he was just trying to help them out at the time. And um, I was talking to him over uh, lunch one day and I said, well, I'll research, you know, see if I can put something together and uh, put a short uh, white paper together that he presented to them. And they basically came back and they liked it and said they'd like to hire the company that did it for them. So he came back and gave me a phone call and said, uh, you better set up a company because this national retailer wants to hire you. So it was a little bit different for, I think, most companies where you're, you're not starting out with a small company, a uh, small client and trying to grow it. We actually started with one of the largest uh, national retailers in Canada um, as our first client. So we really had to you know, hit the ground running with them. And, and they, they knew we were new too. They, uh, you know, I was honest with them and basically said, you know, here's who we are, where we're at. And uh, we both grew together sort of thing. And then just started adding clients from that point on. So it's, uh, it's been uh, just 20 years uh, now, um, basically, that we've been in this industry. So you kind of, I mean, without being cheeky, would you say that you kind of 
stumbled into entrepreneurship rather than you know this grand plan or, yeah. or having that, that white paper thing I guess that was a really kind of forward-thinking idea that you, that you had somebody that was sort of was on your side and and, and got you somewhere but, but but did you see it that the net result of it was going to be a business or was it just you know an idea kind of thing yeah, as far as the entrepreneurial side, I think, you know, I'd always had an entrepreneurial mentality since I was a teen. And, um, you know, no matter what type of business I might have been led into, I think I probably eventually would have run my own business anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I love diamond idea guys. So whether it's this business or something else, I'm, I'm sort of always thinking in my head about how would I develop this further, whether it's uh, one business or another. Um, as far as, you know, our current business, I think, when I did the white paper, I think the big thing for me was in that I sort of presented new ideas and new concepts to them that, you know, maybe they shouldn't try to do this internally within their company because they don't have the, the expertise and the knowledge that they needed. So one of the things in the white paper was, you know, I suggested finding somebody that could do this as a consultant basically for them um, outside of their company. And, you know, they obviously liked that idea and came back and said, okay, well, could you be that consultant? So that's where we started from and, and just took off from there. So, you know, I mean, that's how you got started. But, you know, how long did the, and, and, you know, you yeah, had the, the sort of carpentry business a bit before that. How long did it actually take you to establish yourself? I think that's always... One of the things that, that people thinking about it say, you know, well, it'd be great, but uh, how, you know, they, they don't have a sense of timing. I have a sense, but I'm interested in, in what, what your timing is. Yeah, I, I think for for the current business that we're doing, like I said, I, we, we had the opportunity to start with a national client with a lot of locations. So for us, it was really easy to say, okay, let's both test the waters and we did a pilot program with their locations in, in Alberta. Mm -hmm. So that would have probably totaled about 48 locations. So Mm -hmm. for us, it basically allowed us to put a timetable to our growth. And Mm -hmm. we said, look, if if we can do this pilot program for 48 locations and do it effectively, uh, why couldn't we do it for all their locations nationally? And then the client was looking at it on the same basis. They, they said, you know, if this is a, a success on the pilot, why wouldn't we go forward? So originally the pilot we both established would be a six month period, but after three months, they came back to us and said they wanted to go national. So, you know, we were able to quickly look at it and um, draw a timetable to say, okay, let's add in BC, Saskatchewan, Manitoba at this point, add in Ontario. So over about the next year and a half, we were able to really roll it out in an effective manner that we could grow with it at the same time and train our staff to, to know what they're doing and, and, you know, training them at the same time they're doing the process because, you know, we had to take on those locations on a, on a time schedule. Now you're based in Ottawa, you know, and we're Canada's podcast. Um, it's kind of interesting uh, to, you know, doing business in, in Ottawa. I mean, you've been there for a long time. You've established that uh, your business is national. I, I, I assume, you know, What's so great about doing business in Ottawa, apart from being near the palm buildings? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, and I grew up my younger years in Ottawa too, right? So I find it, although you know it's growing like every other city, 
Um, there's new houses being built every time you turn around in the yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but I find it's very family friendly. I mean, there's all the museums, everything else, because it is the capital. Um, as far as business, um, for us, it really hasn't been. I, I wouldn't say it's been an advantage because most of our clients, their head offices are in Toronto or Montreal. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually really traveling to my clients. Um, not, you know, we usually do sort of a, a quarterly meeting with them mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. present all the data personally. Uh, now, you know, obviously with COVID, it's been different. Uh, we haven't been doing that in the last couple of years, but um, locally, um, most of our clients, like I said, are national where, um, we're not really servicing a two person operation or a two location in the Ottawa area, but we are looking to start branching out to the smaller consumers in the next couple of years where we can offer that national level service that we've been given these larger clients and take it down to a smaller scale for uh, not, you know, mom and pop operations. Yes. But even a franchise owner that has three locations. So have you had to sort of, radically change your business in the last the way you're managing it in the last year and a year or so no we've been we've been lucky uh, based on some of the work we do with the utility bills and managing the bills we, we've been deemed an essential service because um, all our clients basically still have to process and pay their utility bills to, to keep the lights on and the gas flowing sort of thing um, so two of our staff members have been working at home um, initially they elected to do that and then with health issues they've just uh, remained at home uh, ever since. Um, the rest of the staff have been coming into the office and following COVID procedures. And the way our office is set up, we have a lot of individual offices for one or two people. So when you're in the common area, you're using COVID protocol. But uh, uh, it's been good. We've uh, we've been able to maintain business as normal, and all our clients have uh, been able to do the same during the whole COVID period. What's the best thing you would say about being an entrepreneur? That, that, you know, being an employee, you just can't get that, that same, that same thing. Yeah, there's sometimes I, I wish I was an employee sometimes <laughs> too, right? Like every entrepreneur thinks that at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the best part I would say is, you know, you're making your own decisions, uh, again, depending on who's involved in the company and ownership and all that. But, um, you know, like every growing company, we've had our different things with, you know, maybe bringing partners in and and uh, selling some piece of the company and all that. But um, pretty much through it all, we've remained independent. I'm the sole owner. Uh, we've been able to say, you know, our advice as um, as an independent advisor to our clients is very impartial. Um, you know, we're not paid commission fees by anybody, any of our suppliers, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work exclusively on the client side. Um, and that's what I really think are my big sort of benefit of being an entrepreneur in this business is, you know, I can say we're honestly giving a service that we can trust and our clients can trust. Um, that's the biggest thing. You know, we're not uh, trying to do sort of a, you know, not to stereotype, but a, a used car salesman mentality where we're just trying to sell a, a widget and uh, do it however we can just to make money. So I think that's probably the best part yeah. of our business that I enjoy. What's been, what, what would you say, you know, getting to where you are, what's been the greatest challenge? I mean, you know, obviously cash flow is always a challenge, da, 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 da. But, but how have you been able to sustain the business? Um, you mentioned cash flow, and that's actually one of our benefits on our business. Um, the way our clients pay us is on a weekly basis. 
So if you, um, again, not knowing a lot about our business, but we process utility bills for our clients. So every week we're sending them a report because they actually still have to pay all those bills. So they import that uh, report into their accounting system, then they're paying the bills. So with that, we send them our invoice. So our, our payments are flowing in every week. So it's great. Um, I know most companies, you know, could have 60 to 90 day payment terms before right. they actually see the money. Uh, we're seeing it within uh, 10 to 14 days. So that, that's a good part of our business. Um, so financially, that hasn't really been sort of one of those issues as, as a normal entrepreneur where it's a real concern. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as far as growing the business, we, I wouldn't say we got stuck, but because our first few clients were <clears throat> national uh, multi-site clients, um, we were stuck in that retail funnel, I would say, where, mm-hmm. you know, we were getting referrals within the retail sector, but um, how else could we service other funnels with our, with our uh, concept? So uh, imagining, you know, the small manufacturing facility in, in Cornwall or um, individual franchise owners sort of thing. So uh, a year ago, I brought on a marketing person that uh, that's what we've been actually targeting in the last uh, last, I'd say, 14 months is um, uh, those other funnels where school boards, uh, smaller mom and pop operations and, you know, trying to figure out how we can provide the same services to those types of businesses. There's always been for me, there's been one or two very important mentors, if you like, that in my life. Um, you know, what's the best piece of advice you've received, uh, you know, that you, that you keep on using? That's a good question. Um, I would probably say because our, our business is really software driven, uh, we use software platforms to manage all the data we, we bring in. Um, initially, uh, you know, when we did the pilot, we were using Excel spreadsheets and we knew that wasn't going to last if we were going national. Mm-hmm. So we brought in a, um, uh, a software developer that we said, okay, you know, there's nothing out there that we, we like or that we could use. Let's build something ourselves. So, you know, he worked with us for about a two year period and, you know, the work's good, but um, the best advice I had is from a friend that I met uh, during, uh, through curling actually. And since then I've heard it from others as well is if you're not in the software development business, don't try to be in it sort of thing. Don't try to build your own software, Uh, you know, go out and find it or get an experienced company to do it for you sort of thing. And that's what we found uh, seven years into our business we went out and searched the market and we found software out of the US that actually did what we needed it to do. And it was customizable too. So uh, we've been using that for the last 14 years and uh, it's worked wonders for us. It's uh, really, you know, the the client facing um, uh, process is a lot neater, a lot cleaner. They are all our clients have access through a web portal. Um, So they're customizing their information the way they want to see it as well. So the clients are happy with it. It's a, it's easy for us. And um, I think that's probably the biggest thing is don't try to build something yourself if, if that's not the industry you're in. What's keeping you up at night? I don't know. <laughs> I actually do sleep pretty good. No, that's uh, good. That's good. <laughs> it's, my, it's my wife that tosses and turns all the time. Um, uh, keeping you up at night. Um, Honestly, not a lot. Like I said, if we were a different type of business during COVID, I'm sure I'd be like everybody else where, you know, I'd sort of be freaking out a little bit. But um, 
uh, we've been able to maintain all our staff and cash flow, like I said, keeps coming in. And, um, you know, that's the one thing I am most proud of is uh, the number of people we've been able to employ over the years. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't think about it. I don't, I don't think a lot where, you know, we're employing uh, 12 people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what, where would those 12 people be? I'm sure they'd be working somewhere else if, if it wasn't for us, but uh, they've all been long-term employees. You know, a few of them have been here uh, 14, 15 years. So, you know, they obviously like working here and working for the company. And I think that's one of the biggest things to be proud of is that you're employing people and uh, giving them a livelihood. So if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing today? Oh, I'd love to say I'd be a curling professional, but <laughs> I don't know if that would ever happen at this age. Um, geez, doing today. Um, I actually think I'd probably be trying to renovate and flip homes, uh, which a lot of people want to do. Uh, but I think I got the background that I actually could do it. Um, so the entrepreneurial side and then the, uh, the actual hands-on experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got a few friends that are doing it right now. So I think I probably would have sort of put a group together and, and formed some type of company to renovate and flip homes. What book are you currently reading, listening <laughs> to, whatever? But, but more importantly, what, what books have, you know, have influenced you that you, you might recommend? Wow. Uh, and I'm laughing because somebody asked me that question about a week ago. And, oh, yeah. and, I, and I'll give you the same answer. Um, I, I started reading a Bobby Orr autobiography about three years ago on vacation. I still haven't finished it. So that tells you <laughs> um, what I find as an entrepreneur, um, unless you're in the business of sort of, you know, educating entrepreneurs, uh, maybe like yourself, you, you yeah. probably read a lot because, you know, you're trying to get those facts and, and, and uh, sort of get that out there into the public. For myself, um, uh, reading information, little blogs on the internet and stuff about our industry and trying to figure out, you know, where the industry's going, how do we grow our business and then just maintaining the day-to-day stuff. Uh, I honestly have very little time to read, so I'm still trying to get through that Bobby Orr book. If you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be? Honest, I think. Um, yeah, that'd probably be the one. Um, no matter, and that's just the way I look at life. I mean, no matter who you're dealing with, whether you like a person, not like a person, uh, doing business, whatever it is, I still think the honesty is, you know, the old adage, honesty is the best policy. But um, I think that's the best way to get through life. Um, you know, be honest with others and you hope they're honest uh, in return, right? I think the, the, the key thing, one more question. Which is which I, I can is a fun one as well. Are you a morning or a night person? Because I, I can't guess with you. I can I can usually yeah sense you know, but I don't I don't have a sense really for you. I like my naps, so that tells you I might be a, a midday person. But um, I'm really both actually. I, I if there's something to do, you know, chores at home, outside, whatever, I'll be up early and I'll be doing them. Um, but we love our TV too. So we have our favorite shows and all that. We watch uh, Sandy Ronaldo and uh, Lisa Laflamme at night and watch the news. So, you know, we're up till 1130 midnight too. Um, yeah. So I'd say it's a mixture of both actually. Well, that's really been interesting. It's been very different how you got into it, how it's evolved. It's, it, it, you know, it's, it's a good story. Um, how can 
people get a hold of you because uh, they they listen that they look at and we spot th- ideas often you know i just like them to be able to get a hold of uh, of the person i'm interviewing if they can yeah for sure uh we're on linkedin so uh anybody with a linkedin uh, just look for uh, powerless management services um there's a couple there's a couple of companies that have a similar name. One of them's overseas. So we always say, look for our spinning wheel logo sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, our website, there's a contact us. We just actually launched a new website uh, this week. Uh, so powerhousemgt.ca. And there's a contact page there. It describes all our services as well. Um, as far as the business, I mean, we're very, it's hard to describe what we do, but I mean, we're facility management for clients, basically, where we'll do their energy management, their uh, repairs and monitoring, their energy monitoring within the building as well. Uh, we do construction uh, project uh, mon- management as well, if they're doing a lighting retrofit and things like that. So we're very hands-on with all our clients. And that really grew through our clients asking us, could you do this as well? And Good. we said, yeah, yeah, we can take that on. Okay, Wayne. Well, once again, thanks for coming on to Candace Podcast. Been great meeting you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Phil.